So I wanted to talk this morning on uh, just the beginning of that little passage from Matthew about salt and light. The setting for this is the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus has gone up to the, can you put, can I do that? Thank you. Uh, where Jesus has gone up on the mountain and sat down to teach his disciples and the crowds have gathered around him. What is Jesus doing in that teaching? He's teaching his disciples what it is to be a part of the kingdom of God, what life in the kingdom of God is, is like. And so he begins with that familiar passage that we all are familiar with, uh, the Beatitudes, and then he talks about being salt and light. These are two things that the people who would be hearing this are very familiar with and recognize that these are two things that are essential to life, especially in the first century. No electricity, they need light. No refrigeration, they need salt because salt performs two basic functions. One is preservation and the other is seasoning or flavor. And the thing I find interesting about this is he says to his disciples, you are the salt. Not the Pharisees, not the Sadducees, not the Romans. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Not the Sadducees, not the Pharisees, not, not even the whole uh, extra pious Essenes. You are the light of the world. I was uh, thinking about this a few years ago and I was talking with a friend of mine named Johnny Abraham. He's half Indian and half uh, Scottish. I actually performed his wedding in uh, Delhi a few years ago. And uh, he he was talking about curry. He said, the interesting thing about curry is, real curry, you don't just get off the shelf and pull it down. You have to take all the different spices and you need to grind them fresh. And it takes a long time to produce a good curry. The stuff you get in most of the Indian restaurants here in America is not good curry. It lacks the proper flavor. So if Jesus were talking to his disciples in India, he would say, you're the curry of the world. You're the flavoring of the world. You have a function to perform, but you perform that function by being who you are. You are the salt of the earth. You you provide preservation for a world that is rotting. You provide preservation for a world that is going bad. And how do you do that? Come to that in a minute. You are the light of the world. In a world that is filled with darkness, you are the light of the world. Every time I hear that, I think to myself of that little song that is taught when you're young. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. You are the light 
of the world. That's what he's saying to his disciples. You're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. And so he's saying that same thing to you and me today. You are the light of the world. What does light do? Well, it provides the ability to see in the midst of the darkness. It provides guidance for us. So in a world that's filled with darkness, you provide light. You provide the ability to see what's going on. So what's the danger? Jesus gives us the answer to that. The danger is that we lose the capacity to elicit goodness in the world by forgetting who we are and neglecting to care for the dispossessed, those who suffer. We, we run the risk of losing our saltiness by failing to promote restorative justice. By failing to do the works of love and mercy and restorative justice. The Isaiah passage that we read explains that for us. Listen to these words again. This is what you're to do. This is what, this is what real worship is. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free. Remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry. Give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. And do not hide from your relatives who need your help. Gosh, I know that one. I got some relatives that need help and I want to hide from them. <laughs> but he's saying, no, no. I think Jesus has exactly this kind of stuff in mind when he's talking about being salt and light. Remove the yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine in the darkness and the darkness will be as bright as noon. The Lord will guide you continually giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. We live in a world that is longing for someone to show us the way out of the darkness. We li live in a world in which people all around us are asking, who will lighten my load? Jesus is saying to his disciples, if you come and follow me, if you want to be a part of the kingdom of God, it's a gift that is given to you. Remember who you are. You are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. You don't have to conjure that up. You don't have to work hard at making it happen. You just need to be faithful to who you are. Be who you are. Let the Spirit of God work in your life and through your life.
in a way that brings light and life to people, in a way that brings restoration. I was thinking about this in light of, well, how, how do we do that and who are we? Do we do that through power? Do we do that through domination? Do we do that through being strong? A book that I've been reading over the last several months is by a woman by the name of Marva Dawn and it's called Power, Weakness, and the Tabernacling of God. And her thesis in that book is if you read the scriptures of the New Testament in particular with open eyes, God works through weakness, not through strength. God through, works through the little rather than the big and the powerful. And ruminating on that led me to think about that passage in 2 Corinthians 5 where Paul says, we hold this treasure, talking about Christ, in earthen vessels. There are different translations of that passage. Some say clay pots. Some say broken pots. You hold that treasure in these broken pots so that the glory of God will shine through, not our glory. We are broken people. Everyone is broken. That led me to think about something that I've been thinking about for the last several years. And it has to do with two Japanese ideas. One is the philosophy of something called wabi-sabi. Wabi-sabi is the beauty of imperfection. Instead of being perfect... Allow the beauty of imperfection come through your life. That philosophy led to a, an artwork form called kintsugi. Kintsugi is taking broken pots, mending them, rather than throwing them away, mending them with a translucent glue type substance that is sprinkled with gold powder and so you have a teacup or a pot that has these veins of gold going through it and if you were to put a light inside of that you would see that light shine through those broken places that's a picture of what God wants to do in our lives so we're involved in Epiphany. How do we manifest Christ to the world? During the first 300 years of the church, the way Christ was manifested to the world was through small communities of Christ followers who gathered together and then penetrated the world. Even as salt penetrates meat or life, light penetrates darkness and penetrated the world with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Through what James Davidson Hunter calls faithful presence. 
It's not a matter of having to do magnificent deeds. It's a matter of being faithfully present in the world on behalf of the good news of the kingdom of God. Somewhere around the 5th century, that began to change. And from the 5th century on, Christ has been manifested to the world through buildings and worship services. So we say things like this. I'm going to church this morning. What do we mean when we say we're going to church? Well, we typically mean we're going to this building here and we're going to this worship service here. First 300 years of the church, that was not the way they understand the church. They understood the church to be something that they were, not something that they attended. Well, nowadays, there's a growing movement, and Bloom is part of it, where we are manifesting Christ to the world through small communities of broken people who have been and are being mended by Jesus Christ. And the glory of God, the glory of the Holy Spirit shines through these small communities. Not just through individuals, but through the church. The church being faithfully present in our communities, in our neighborhoods, in our places of work, in our politics, in all the different places where we show up in life. And we do that individually, but we also do it corporately. So, what does it look like? Here's, here's some thoughts. It looks like David Thorpe. That's a scary thought. David, what's the name of the firm that you work for? Radiant. Radiant. Radiant connected with a little church in Colorado Springs. They used to be a Presbyterian church. The Presbyterian church was failing. They sold their property to another little church, and that little church got in touch with David's firm. And what they were able to do was to build low-income housing on their property to meet the needs of the poor. That's what, that's what faithful presence looks like. It looks like uh, Dave and Darlene Post. They're, they're a little older than me, so they're really old. <laughs> right? Right. But they've lived their lives with two major commitments. One, commitment to the body of Christ in their local church, but also commitment to doing good deeds for people. A few years ago, Darlene had a very bad episode of uh, pancreatitis. She was in the hospital for three months, near death most of that time. And because of their commitment to the community of church and the lives that they had impacted, there was a constant flood of Christ followers who came to visit them in the hospital and brought the light of Christ not only to Darlene while she's in that, that hospital bed, but to the entire floor of that hospital. 
through faithful presence. And the nurses at the end of that time said to Dave and Darlene, you can't imagine the impact that your faith community has made on this whole hospital floor. Faithful presence. It looks like Jack, who is broken in a play, was broken in a place of sexual his sexual life. And as God touched him and began to heal him, he began to offer his presence to pray for people who are dealing with sexual brokenness, all different kinds of sexual brokenness. And as his pastor, I got to enjoy the people who came to me and said, I want to tell you what God has done in my life through Jack. Faithful presence. Marlene. Marlene is a little older than me, so she's not really, really old. But she's been retired for a few years, and she's kind of a crusty person. She and she's one of our best friends. But one of the things she has done is she's volunteered for the last three years to give art lessons to people who are living in a memory care facility. They rarely even remember who she is, let alone what to do with the materials that they're trying to teach art with. But the people who are in that memory care facility who care for the people in the memory care facility have been impacted by Marlene's life because of faithful presence, because she has been salt and light in a dark place. And if you've ever dealt with anybody who's got Alzheimer's, it's a very, very dark place. It looks like Danny and Stacy. Danny and Stacy decided that they were going to volunteer once a week to teach Spanish, uh, English uh, as a second language and be with these people who were mainly migrants, many of whom were undocumented. Every week they would be with them. And then they would invite them into their home and they would spend time with them and they would get to know them. And then they would help them through a variety of different difficulties that they faced as migrants to America. Salt and light, faithful presence. See, I don't think it requires a lot of effort on our parts. It requires a little bit of effort. But it all starts with remembering who we are. Part of who we are that David talks about over and over and over again is we are God's beloved. God loves you. God cares for you. God is with you. And because God loves you and cares for you and is with you, you are salt. And you are light. 
So as salt, do what your purpose is. To be faithfully present in a dark world, a world that's rotting. Bring light, bring life, wherever you are. Thank you for listening to the Bloom Church Podcast. For more information on who we are and how you can get involved, visit our website at bloom.church. Thank you.